Yo, man. What's going on, man? You can hear me okay? Yeah, how about you? Cool, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, awesome. Your, uh, your screen is like 90 degrees rotated. Oh, yeah, sorry, I had it, the, I had it horizontally. There we go. Cool. Better? Yeah, what's up, man? Going on? Not much, not much, man. I'm trying to get used to uh to Zoom video chats because yeah, no, I was gonna say we do these uh at my office. We have these like once a week with the whole Corona thing. So they're yeah. uh, I have downloaded on my phone. It's become pretty second nature at this point. Oh, nice. Yeah, your video quality is good too. I have my shitty webcam on my laptop and it's just like terribly pixelated. <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't look too. Honestly, it doesn't look too bad. Um, no, all right, that's good at least. So yeah, man. Um, you just want to give like a quick intro about yourself. Um, you would yeah. do it way better than me. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So my name's Cade Jones. Um, I live over in Rhode Island. So I think I'm only a few states probably away from you. You're in New York, right? Yeah, Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. So uh, and yep. So I have I actually have a full time job. I have a couple part time jobs too. So um, I work oh, full damn. time financial associate at a small agency in my town. Um, then I also have a couple, uh, I have a retail job part-time that I've had since college that I've just kind of kept for a little bit of extra money coming in on the weekends. And I work a couple shifts throughout the week. Um, and I actually also just started as uh, an independent contractor for another company. I just got hired last week. So definitely wow. got to play in terms of, uh, of jobs, but it's good because I like to stay busy. Um, Three jobs? Yep. <laughs> wow. And you're also doing the whole like vegan fitness thing too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, got into it. I think I was actually just talking to my fiance about this. It was 2017 August. So this is actually going to be, we're going on year three vegan. So yeah, it's definitely been uh vegan fitness all the way. Preach it in terms of strength training, bodybuilding, lifestyle, like yeah. a whole more of it I'm, I'm all for it so <laughs> and your um your instagram is plant-based pumps right yep yep plant-based pumps that's my i have a that's basically like the fitness one so anything like nutrition exercise related that's pretty much it. i have a personal account but um in terms of like i honestly find myself using the uh the plant-based pumps account a lot more than anything else just because i think that's kind of what interests me more i have a i think i use the personal account a lot more but kind of getting more into training and the whole vegan um aspect like we said nutrition exercise everything i've definitely found myself on that one a lot more so yeah i'm with you like i i also started with the personal instagram and then started the fitness one and then ever yep. since i started like tofu strong the fitness one yeah. i just like I, that's all that's all i post on yeah, no, I was going to say that's that I, I think I actually remember, I think it was when I had first made my account, I think the name was actually something else. But then I remember, I think you were actually one of the first people to follow me. And I actually remember seeing your name. And I was like, wow, I was like, wow, I should have thought of something like that. So <laughs> I always admire your, uh, your handle name, the tofu strong. Dude, that's so funny. Is people just message me like, still, and they're just like, Oh, like, I love your, your handle. And when I made it, I was <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really think it was that clever. I was like, oh, I can come up with something way better, but I never did. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of how, even about plant-based pumps at first, I was like, oh, it's just, I honestly think I just needed a handle name just to have something. Yeah. But now looking back at it, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it's kind of grown on me a little bit, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah man like i'm curious about like how you got into like fitness and everything to begin with like you've been working out for a while right yeah so um definitely started all throughout my life i've always played like competitive basketball i actually played um up to my sophomore year of college mm -hmm. uh, i played at a small d3 school um but it was always like kind of basketball i played other sports like i played soccer when i was younger um i was actually a huge skateboarder i know i've talked to you about that yeah uh, that was a lot of my childhood too tennis um a lot of sports with basketball was kind of like my sport that's definitely what i was the best at and that's kind of what i geared a lot of my training for mm -hmm. um so up through high school and college it was definitely always basketball and i think high school came around Definitely had a few friends that started like getting into the gym, kind of like putting on muscle. And that was always something that, you know, you see your friends do it and you kind of want to follow suit. So yeah, I uh, always did kind of like more of a bodybuilding split, I'd say, especially in high school. Everything was like chest, arms, shoulder, <laughs> like legs, because I played basketball. Um, right. And that was honestly how it was until I was probably about like, 21 ish and that's kind of when i started to fall out of love with like the whole basketball thing i realized i was never going to be like an nba player and um kind of wanted to find something that i could stick with kind of going more into my 20s and obviously um just furthermore so that's kind of when i got a little bit more into like bodybuilding routine powerlifting, all that um yeah no and then i think when I turned, it's funny you say, I was just looking back at some old videos because I was really trying to find the point where I went from like a bodybuilding split to more of like a powerlifting split. Yeah. Uh, and I think just for like a little context with that, like I, we, I know we talked about it briefly, but like the whole bodybuilding thing, I would, I think I had eventually got up to like around 170, 175 pounds. And I was kind of doing the same when I got pretty serious into it, like when uh, bodybuilding or more of the, the weight room took precedence over basketball. Um, mm -hmm. And I just remember kind of getting bored of like the whole go in, hit chest, uh, yeah. back, arms, legs. Like I think the whole four sets of 10, uh, yeah. it kind of really – almost just bored me in a sense and that's kind of when I stumbled upon like powerlifting and I think it was just being on Instagram and YouTube you see you see other people doing it and you kind of you, you look at it and you're like wow like that looks cool like I want to get into that so that's I think it was around 2017 the same time that I actually think I went vegan I think I started to make that switch too so okay so like you started getting into powerlifting more when you also went vegan Sorry, I didn't. I, you broke up a little bit on that last uh, part. Yeah, let me know if my connection is is bad because I got a warning, so I hope it's okay. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's you, pretty good. Uh, now. You went vegan when you were like switching to powerlifting kind of routine. Yeah, there was probably a good. I want to say there was probably a four to six month time frame where I was still eating an animal based yeah. diet before I had made that switch. Mm -hmm um but yeah i would say it was probably like a, a four to six month gap in which i was still not vegan while doing powerlifting. so okay did you um i mean like me i uh, i also started with the bodybuilding split and yep. um i did that for like four years and um i went to like planet fitness when i first started and stuff and i i wasn't like you know i, I was like you and also just like 
eating like I don't know just omnivorous I guess like just eating mm-hmm. meat and stuff too when I first started but um after the first like year of like doing the bodybuilding splits I just like didn't make any progress like, I made a yeah. ton of progress in the beginning but uh like I think I shot up like um <laughs> like like I was like doing almost like a dreamer book my first year like doing a bodybuilding split and I went like up uh probably 25 pounds in a year maybe 30 like just drinking mass gainer shakes and stuff I'm sure you could probably relate to that <laughs> no I was gonna say when I I'd, I've never been like a super skinny guy but I would say I would definitely went through like a chubby stage in middle school I think every a lot of guys do but then yeah. I definitely think I got to high school um, but I was never like a, a rail, like I was never super skinny. I think I always was around like 160, 165 pounds. So when I started doing like the bodybuilding split, I probably put on a good 10 pounds, maybe 15, uh-huh. uh, 10 Which is normal. normal. Yeah, exactly. Like- and then I think I remember I had set the goal after that. Um, I was like, I just want to get to 185 pounds, like by any means. So um, yeah. I think that kind of when I, at, for me, it was always like, I want to put on more weight. Like I, I was so stuck at that 170 to 175 pound mark. I was like, I really just want to surpass that and kind of see what I can do. And I think that the definitely the powerlifting routine was kind of what put me over the edge. So, and um, I mean, we're going to get into this obviously, but definitely kind of going vegan and the surplus of calories and carbohydrates that I was eating was definitely it's so funny that like a lot of the stereotypes you hear because like I said, I was stuck at like 170, 175 pounds and I went vegan. And I, my peak weight, um, in terms of a bulk, I've hit 208. Uh-huh. So for me, like the numbers kind of speak for themselves. So how tall are you? Uh, 5'11". You're 5'11". Yep. Okay. So we're pretty close. I'm, I'm six foot. Yep. So, um, yeah, I can relate to your body weight so pretty closely. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't yeah, no, sure if you were like five, like six or something. I was like, "Damn, you a big boy." <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's cool, man. Yeah, but um, yeah, like let's let's talk more about the powerlifting kind of split um, that you got into. Like when you switched over from the bodybuilding, like you were doing first of all for the bodybuilding split, you were doing like like body part splits, right? Just doing like chest, arms, day, and all that. Yeah. And I was definitely one of those uh, gym bros that like to focus a little bit more on like chest and arms as opposed to like back. Yeah. And so I would probably change chest twice a week, um, back once, arms once, shoulders once, and legs once a week if I was if I was yeah. feeling yeah up to yeah. it. But same with uh, me for sure. Mm-hmm. So when you but, switched over to powerlifting, what was that like? Yeah, so that was definitely, I mean, like I just said, I definitely noticed in terms of strength and uh, like physique, definitely the most gains I've I had ever made, especially in that first two year span. Um, mm-hmm. I followed a lot of percentage based programs at first. So I'm sure you've heard of like Wendler's 531. Yep. I actually followed August 753, which is pretty <laughs> similar. They add in an overhead press, but that's like essentially the same thing. That dude was uh, like the overhead press king. Yeah, he he's still <laughs> that guy is just he's a freaking nature. So I always like I always would uh talk with one of my coworkers about him and like we'd always argue if he was natural or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I I'm sure we'll dive down that rabbit hole too. Yeah, but yeah. like he's one of those people that I just 
think I he's got to be close to 30 at this point. I feel like some people just genetically are super blessed. And I mean, you put strength training, hypertrophy, consistent dieting all over like a 15 year span and one out of every thousand people, you're going to get someone like that. So, um, and I also think, yeah, so, but yeah, no, I definitely made a lot of progress with that. But then, um, like I said, I was following a lot of like, uh, percentage based programming, but Mm -hmm. then I stumbled upon RPE, which I don't, I'm sure you probably heard of that, uh, basically just stands for rate of perceived exertion, but it's the training philosophy is basically how you're feeling on the day. Um, and I think for me, especially, I've always kind of had a, a pretty big workload in terms of working jobs, um, school, things like that. So for me, being able to train based on how I felt on the day, as opposed to like a set percentage was just mental, mentally a lot better and physically in terms of like, if I had to go into the gym and hit six sets of five at 85%. If you're warming up and that 50% feels terrible and that 65% feels like 90% and then you're like, oh crap, I have to do six sets of five with another 30 pounds. Like, how is that going to work? I think it got to a point where that was just like too mentally draining. So switching to like the more of the RPE philosophy for me has definitely been what I've think I've made the most progress on also in terms of like the big three. So Okay. Yeah, I definitely, I can definitely relate to that too. I used to always do percentage-based programming and uh, I think that's kind of like how you get into like a lot of these powerlifting routines too. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you start following like 5-3-1 or like um, starting strength or something or like uh, kind of like what, like what, like uh, what, like Grace, uh, there's so many like linear programs out there too, like uh, yep. school and like and sons or whatever i never did them but like i think they're all percentage based and then um mm-hmm. i remember like also when i first started getting into the powerlifting routine stuff i would um always be so curious about like this whole like rpe system that um like reactive training system systems was always promoting and um because i think those those guys were like the forerunners for the whole rpe system yeah that's basically where i started to a lot of the guys in the gym that i used to train at were running um, like different cycles of that reactive training systems program yeah. and that's what kind of do it so I think yeah they definitely put out good con- I've actually I, I think I follow them on Instagram but they definitely put out good content too oh for sure yeah I remember um this is probably well probably was four years ago now but they did like um uh, like a test run of like this hypertrophy program and it was like a mm-hmm. Facebook group where like they they gave you the programming, I think, and then you, you like joined the Facebook group and then everybody followed the programming along together and like you, I guess, like discuss your results and stuff. Um, but that was really cool. And uh, yeah. I think I got into the RPE training before that with, um, there was a site called like Powerlifting to Win. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, but um, no. Okay. That's like a great resource um, for like just any information on like powerlifting routines and stuff. And this, I feel like this guy also was probably relevant like like six, seven years ago now, like probably six mm-hmm. years ago. And um, so I don't really know if he's active anymore, but like his site, like I learned everything about like powerlifting routines, like RP and stuff from his site. So um, it's a good resource. Nice. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But um, so what did you end up doing after like, uh, like 531 and stuff? Yeah, so after the 531, um, 
I was doing that, like I said, I was doing that reactive training systems, kind of following what some of the guys in the other, the gym that I was training at before I switched to a 24 hour gym were doing. Um, and that was basically like the, the sets and reps kind of varied from, it was basically like six to eight week increments. And um, you would obviously have like a competition style lift. So like low bar squat, pause bench, um, and then your deadlift, whether it be sumo or conventional. And then it would def uh, be like variations after that as kind of your um, accessory movement. So things like three count bench, five count bench. Right. Uh, Oz squats, banded squats, things like that. Um, definitely followed that for probably like a good year and a half. And I definitely saw some progress with that as well. For me, I think I was getting a little too sucked into some of those like accessory lifts. Like I think that I was getting too attached to things like reverse band squats and mm -hmm. uh, like block benches. And I feel like for a, a certain point, those were starting to kind of take precedence over the like the normal competition style lifts so I think over the last three years I've definitely tried to refocus um with kind of just building up more volume and frequency with the lift itself as opposed to kind of some of those accessories so um I was actually following uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. his name's Matt Venna um super strong power out of Canada he was actually I was doing he was doing my coaching for a while um and I think I'm actually going to go back under him, but I, with the whole Corona thing, I had just moved into my new house two months almost at this point. I had no equipment, so kind of uh, had to wait until my equipment for my home gym came in before kind of uh, going back under his programming. But he was doing my programming for a while, I'd say probably five to six months. And I was definitely, I mean, I was hitting PRs. Uh, in terms of volume and I even hit I think I was hitting like doubles and triples with my old max so he definitely helped in terms of like overall strength he was he's been pretty huge so far so definitely hoping to go back to him as soon as I get build up a little bit more frequency and I feel like I'm at a point where I can kind of start reprogramming to gain strength so when uh, did you do the coaching with him what you said when yeah yeah the I want to say I think I reached out to him at some point like mid 2019 around there okay. um yeah because like i said it was probably like a good five to six months period where i was very steady and then this whole thing broke i think there was like a, a two weeks before this whole thing really went crazy um kind of lost contact i know he, he was doing a meet and then i had a lot going on with moving into my new house and kind of getting settled with that so um Definitely hoping to kind of touch base and, like I said, start doing that, uh, get under programming with him once again. So that's awesome, man. Um, I did uh, I did some coaching uh, with um, some guys here in New York about like uh, probably for the first time three years ago now, mm -hmm. um, up until probably 2018. Uh, so yeah, a couple of years ago, I did it for about a year, and um, mm -hmm. I definitely got the best results of my life actually. Yeah. Uh, following his programming and um you know like i don't know if it's like specifically the programming or if it's like just your inherent motivation for following the program yeah. but either way like it works like if i'm sure it has something to do with both probably but yeah it's it definitely is valid it, it helps a lot yeah i was i was gonna say especially i think 
having someone else basically hold you accountable, yeah. I think that goes, it pays such dividends because you, like if you go in the gym and in your head, you want to hit like five sets of three at like an RP seven or something. And you do the first two sets and it's a day that you're like not feeling the greatest. And you kind of just want to wrap it up after that and move on to okay. accessories. Or if you have like bench after move on to bench, I think having, that preset programming and knowing that there's someone that's going to review a video critique of you doing all five sets. I think it just kind of holds, like I said, it's a certain level of accountability that there's someone else kind of overseeing your training. Um, and I think when you do that day after day, week over week, month after month, there's progress is kind of inevitable. So. Yeah. Plus with the programming itself, it's like, you don't want to program in like, uh, I don't know, like five sets of 12 on a, yeah back squats like yeah (laughs) or like you don't want to do like i don't know 10 sets of triples you know with bench press or something like you know it's like stuff that i would never program and i feel like that's probably the most valuable thing about it because it's stuff you wouldn't do and that's what you're probably gonna get the best results with (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i remember one of the lists that he had me do secondary to a competition squat i think it's a paused double squat so you basically pausing okay. on the bottom, pausing above parallel. And I just remember the first time I ever, I'd never done them. And I remember the first week, like messaging him, like what the hell are you making me do right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. Like I'll, I don't know about you, but like, I'll definitely program in some stuff that's just, it, it sucks. Like uh, sets of like, I've definitely programmed in like sets of like 12 and Bulgarian split squats and stuff. And like, okay. I can't think of anything worse than that. <laughs> but um. It's like it's still something to be said for like the accountability of things like and also the uh, there's also just things you would never think of like you said like the double ball squat like I would never program that in just because I would never think about it. Yeah. And I also think just frequency in general like for me I was so used to squatting like once or even twice a week and then at one point I was squatting four times a week. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because at that point, like I remember a lot of those kind of nagging aches and pains you ever have, like that's when I felt my best was when I was squatting the most. And I just think that my body was so, um, used to the motion of squatting and squatting with weight that I had kind of built up, built up like a resiliency towards any of those nagging pains. Um, and that's basically what I'm trying to do right now. I'm really just trying to, I don't know if you follow Sean Noriega on, uh, like on Instagram or uh, they're known as... One of my buddies uh, went to high school with him, so there's like a oh, weird, really? there's like a weird friend of a friend connection. That's funny. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm I was following. Uh, he put out this great video about basically how you should treat um, kind of your routine when you get back into obviously a lot of people being out of the gym. Um, kind of will probably have the tendency to just go and like max out or just go and kind of do whatever. And he put he actually. Re- put a really good video out just with a solid layout for your plan like yeah. in a four to week time frame that's kind of what I've been following just to kind of like I said build up some frequency just get vol- get some volume back under my legs and mm-hmm. or I really try to hit the ground run and get my numbers back up so yeah that's funny because I keep hearing about everyone being like oh like I'm just gonna go in the gym and max out right away yeah like, for me that's the last thing I feel like I'd want to do because my ego would just be crippled man like, yeah, <laughs> I'd go in there and like warm up, like do my warm ups, and like I'd hit like I don't even know what I'd hit, but I would just feel terrible about it. Yeah. Like I'm doing pistol <laughs> squats like twice a week. Like that's there's just 
like there's no carryover there if you're not also doing you know barbell squats like heavy barbell squats mm-hmm. well one of the he actually said something pretty interesting in the video um which is pretty contradictory to what you just said but i actually <laughs> my thought process was the same as you but he in his video and i didn't like i said i didn't even think of it like this but he was basically saying that maxing out you shouldn't obviously all out max out like bench until a 15 second bench press rep or like squat and you're mm-hmm. you have six veins busting through your forehead but like yeah. hitting something at probably like an rp eight, eight and a half or a nine so you can conservatively kind of estimate what your current one rep max would be at this time so yeah. that way you can build up to see where you're at now and um what steps you need to take to get to where you want to be so yeah. okay. um i thought that was interesting because i i was following the same mindset of you and of like that's the last thing I'd want to do when I go back into the gym is even come close to what like maxing out would just be like you said, so mentally tough to see what that number. So dude, it also doesn't help that I've also been cutting again, just because like I'm getting bored with, uh, just staying the same, like with everything in quarantine. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll keep cutting. And like, I know if I went back to do doing like the big three or big four, whatever you want to call it, I would, uh, I would just be, just so bummed about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it does make sense like going back in and at least hitting like a, a single with like an rp7 or 8 like you said mm-hmm. like just to feel where you are to like judge the progress yeah something something at least like somewhat conservative that you can get some type of estimate from so yeah so are you doing all your programming now yeah so i'm like i said i'm basically following his i have it on, it's funny i have it on my i have like a whiteboard in my gym and i basically i wrote it out so i can follow it um but yeah i'm on week three of his it's like a four week reintroduction to the big like your volume and frequency basically so i'm on week three of that i'll probably do i might extend it like i might follow i might just up the rp a little bit on uh, make it a, a week five and six and then um i think i'm actually going to contact matt soon because i want to definitely kind of get back under his programming and okay. i think now is I have essentially everything that I'm gonna have, so I feel like I'm I'm able to train at um, like full capacity at this point. So, cool. I think um, you and I probably do our programming pretty similarly because you said you also use RPE, and um, mm-hmm. I've like strictly been doing like RPE based programming for like probably like at least a, like probably three years now at this point. Oh wow! And um, I have just been really into just giving myself like I'll give myself. Like my exercises for like four weeks or so I actually kind of just switched over to more of like a, a conjugate appro- style approach at least when the gyms were open but um, either way like it all follows like a, a rep range like so like I'll have my exercises for the day or the week and everything will have like a rep range from like um, like six to twelve or like you know like uh, eight to ten or, or less or whatever and then it'll just be like uh, you know at RP seven or eight or something like that and then I'll just hit the rep range like I can on that day at the, uh, the appropriate RPE. And then um, just kind of go week by week and like try to, trying to add uh, weight where I can. So like kind yeah. of like a linear week to week, but like still RPE based, like whatever I can get in that rep range. And if the weight ends up getting too easy or too hard, I'll just take weight from the bar, add it to the bar, like as it feels right. Is that kind of nice. what you do? Yeah, um, I would say, like, it's pretty similar in the sense, yeah, I'd say it's similar. The only difference I'd say is 
I think my reps and um, sets are like the one thing that don't change at all. So mm-hmm. I like to have it structured for the week. So if I'm going to be squatting like twice a week and I have one day that I'm hitting normal uh, low bar squats, like five, uh, one thing that I have done this past year or past year and a half, probably I've definitely been um, not to get off tangent, but it's just kind yeah. of reminding me my whole approach to training, but I've definitely been doing like heavier singles on everything. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, that's been huge because like there's such a difference for me hitting like a set of a three to a three to five, as opposed to hitting like a single or a double. Yeah. So, and that was one thing that Matt had me doing too, is like there was a, everything basically started with a conservative single, whether that be something all the way down at like an RP six or something up at like a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like I'd say every week I'm hitting some type of single before working set so um, my programming I feel like for the last six months to a year has been pretty pretty much the same in the sense that I've been doing some type of single for squat bench and deadlift at like a six to a five to a nine or six to a nine something like that and then I'll have set um back down sets with rpes so like five sets of three at like an rp seven and the first few sets might be a little bit heavier like say i'm squatting um and i hit my single and i hit something like a 370 or a 380 single at like a nine and then the back off sets are uh five sets of three at a seven the first few sets might be a little bit heavier like 340 pounds or 345 pounds and then the last two or three sets might be like 320 or 325 something like that so okay yeah either either way they both really revolve around auto regulation yeah exactly yeah and that's i think for we talked about a little bit earlier but like i don't know i don't some people live by percentage-based training and for me it's just like that's one thing mentally i it would just fluster me too much especially on days like i on fridays i have like a 14 hour work day but that's one of the days to training but i i will do it'll be an upper body day so for it's not obviously as taxing as if i had to go in and squat or deadlift or something right uh so hitting a single on like a friday night at 10 (laughs) o'clock is definitely it can kind of fluctuate in terms of how i feel on that day so yeah yeah i definitely know what you mean man so um i just want to touch on uh like the nutrition aspect a little bit too since it kind of it ties in so much with like your progress over the years and stuff um, so like when you, when you first went, uh, did you go like straight from, um, like a regular diet, like a regular omnivorous diet or something to a vegan diet or did you go vegetarian first? Yeah. So I definitely, yeah, I want to, I definitely want to get into this. So yeah. I was very fortunate in the sense that I live, I lived with, uh, three girls and my whole, my family's three, I have three older sisters, um, my mom, my dad, and then my now fiance. But the long and short of it is all three of my sisters had went vegan. Uh, my mom went vegan. My mom was getting my dad to go vegan. I was the last one in my family. I was the, the, the typical uh, youngest child son who likes working out. And I was like, oh, there's no way I could do it. Like, where am I going to get it? Protein. Like, no one that's vegan is big. No one that's vegan is strong. Um, and I just kind of slowly it was actually right before I think for Lent one year the year before I went fully vegan 
Um, I actually gave up meat. I was never a big red meat guy. Like I, I would eat burgers and um, have beef like here and there, but I really just, it, I, I would eat chicken, probably two chicken and turkey, two to three times a day, eggs, cheese, uh, milk products, dairy products. So I actually just gave up all meat for Lent and that's kind of how it started, but I was still definitely housing like cheese pizzas, vegetable <laughs> pizzas, whey protein, things like that. But I think for me, I wanted to just see if I could give up meat and I was able to do that successfully. And then I think at this point, everyone else in my family was definitely vegan. Like I was the last one to not switch. Um, so then from there I tried like cutting down cause I was eating way too much dairy and that was leading to like a whole bunch of problems in terms of like, I think inflammation in my body. Like I definitely had a good amount of aches and pains. Like um, definitely skin was a big, something I wanted to get under control. I was having breakouts like way too frequently for someone that was over like 20 years old. Yeah. Um, so I was able to kind of cut that down. And then I think what really the turning point for me, I was actually on vacation with my girlfriend, our fiance now. Um, we were in Costa Rica and we were at dinner and I had actually, we ordered, so I gave up meat for Lent and then we went on vacation and I was still, I was, wasn't eating as much meat as I was prior to giving it up, but I was still eating meat. And I actually ordered this duck that was like covered in a teriyaki sauce. <laughs> like, uh, it was almost like the roast that you see in the grocery store. Yeah. Um, and I remember just like eating it and then looking at it because it was all the full bones and everything there. And I was like, wow, like I, it was the first time I'd ever really thought of it, but I was like, I feel like disgusting. <laughs> um, and we ended up going back and my fiance was already vegetarian, vegan at the time. Um, I can't remember if she was full vegan or if she was still eating like some dairy here and there. I think she was vegan actually, because then we got back and I actually remember watching all the documentaries. So we watched Forks Over Knives, Cowspiracy, What the Health. And then I had just went shopping like that week that we got back from vacation. I remember throwing everything out um, just completely. I'm, I think I'm just the type of person when I commit to something, I do it like I can't really oh, do no. it half. Yeah, like I, I really just had to do it. So. Um, that was kind of the turning point for me and kind of where the whole like veganism started. And, um, at that point then I just fully immersed myself. Um, I read protein Holic by Dr. Garth Davis. I read, uh, I'm not to die by Dr. Michael Greger just followed like so many watched countless hours of YouTube, um, online studies, articles, everything. So that's kind of definitely where it started for me. Yeah. That's funny. I also have two uh, older sisters and um, they, uh, I actually was the, I'm the youngest brother too, uh, but I um, went vegan first. Uh, they're kind of like still like vegetarian, I guess. Like they eat a lot of like vegan food, but like they still eat like cheese and eggs occasionally. Um, and I mm -hmm. tried to get my parents to go like vegan or at least like try to eat more plants. And uh, mm -hmm. my mom is a little bit better with things, but uh, my dad just will not. He's too stubborn, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's I can relate with you on that. Um, so how did your? Uh, sorry, what was it? Sorry, no, no. I was just you were kind of breaking up a little bit. Did you say that you're the only vegan in your family? Yeah, yeah. My sisters are vegetarian. Oh, okay. 
All right. Okay. How do you feel about the um, just with dairy product? Like, do you uh, do you guys ever kind of get into altercations Dude, or not I, altercations? But, I know you. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. I um. I I guess for the first like couple years when I was vegan, I was like, I was kind of all about like you know trying to be like telling them like they shouldn't eat meat and like they shouldn't uh, drink milk or support any of the animal agriculture industry. And I'm mm -hmm. at a point now where I'm just like, I'm just trying to like lead by example, I guess. And just like, if people mm -hmm. see what I'm doing and like, they're, they're like, Oh, this guy can be fit and healthy as a vegan. And like his food looks good. You know, like I'd rather like show people that they can be vegan like that. And not necessarily like, you know, trying to shame them into it. But I went through yeah. that phase for a couple of years. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, it's it's a touchy subject. Like, it's funny you say that because I even, at my part-time job that I work on the weekends, um, one of the one of the managers, was, he's always asking me to, me about working out and just, like, what I eat. And the first time I told him he was vegan, he's like, he's like, you're not vegan. And I was like, no, I am. I don't eat anything that comes from animals. He's like, you build muscle, like, being vegan? And I was like, yeah, yeah it's no And, you know, building muscle on an omnivorous diet, so – um he it's funny because he actually gave me his email address and phone number and he asked me to kind of give him a bunch of resources so and that was earlier today so it's just funny that you just uh you just brought that up yeah i mean if you're like fit uh, and vegan people are super interested like mm -hmm. they're like oh how do you get enough protein because like your average person doesn't hear that every day like we do so um it just brings up a, a little talking subject and all of a sudden they're interested like it all stemmed from like you being like built and uh into you know eating vegan like being vegan i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah but um so how did that uh affect your training when you first went vegan yeah i would say definitely the increase in body weight was probably huge i mean in in addition to switching my whole kind of philosophy about training, like going from more of a bodybuilding split to powerlifting, i think that that definitely played a huge role in terms of like even things like bench press I used to do like 135 for sets of like 10 to 12 and mm -hmm. that that was like hard for me when I was doing bodybuilding but mm -hmm. uh I was actually looking at this old video the first video I have on my phone it's of me bench pressing 75 for I was following 531 I think it was the first week in 2017 where I was following it mm -hmm. um and I hit 175 for like three reps and it's a joke because now like I can do that for like 20 reps like it's not yeah. even it's just funny to uh, like the progress I've I've made, but definitely um, being vegan. I think eating like such a surplus of calories, like for me to gain weight, I have to eat so much. So for maintenance, for me, it's honestly just or under under four thousand calories. Um, I remember at the peak of one of my bulks, I think I was eating just about six thousand calories a day. So um, that like sucks too. Like it physically eat, hurts. It, it really does. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse in the sense that I know I'll never be like mortally obese, but in terms of like putting on weight, it's, yeah, I, I, whenever I'm like, all right, I actually want to, I want to get up to like 210 or 212. Like I know next time I'm really eating in a surplus, I'm going to have to kind of really push the envelope in terms of like food. So, yeah. So what do you normally eat if you're, uh, if you're trying to bulk up? Yeah. So definitely, um, my macros I was eating over like 600 grams of carbs a day fats were probably like in the high 100s probably uh -huh. 60 to 190 somewhere in there um 
And then protein for me is always pretty, I think obviously when you're eating in such a surplus of calories, your protein's most likely going to be at <laughs> a, a little bit higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're eating that many calories, you're getting enough protein. Yeah, I was definitely over 200 grams of protein, not because I was trying to prioritize protein, but just because I, I'm eating like eight servings of rice a day and there's like 22 yeah. grams right there. And then I'm eating like four pieces bread and there's another 20 grams it's just i mean it all adds up so even if you're eating like um, bowls of cereal like you're getting like 20 grams of protein from like five servings of cereal or like six servings you know like you can't avoid it <laughs> yeah um yeah so yeah i didn't mean to get you off subject there <laughs> yeah could you what was the question that you just asked before so i went off on a tangent <laughs> no, no, yeah, no i was just saying like what do you well I kind of asked, what do you eat on a bulk? But I guess, like, just in general, like, what's, yeah. your average, what's your average diet like? What do you normally Yeah, so right now I'm kind of just – I feel like I've probably been – I haven't. I don't even have a scale in my new house. I need to kind of invest in one of those. My guess is I'm still probably, like, somewhere between 195 and 200. Um, but, yeah, average day of eating, I definitely – I don't know if you use the uh, the silk protein cashew blend milk. I've been <laughs> oh, doing those. I can never find it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it definitely sells out quick. So <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I've been doing like a big smoothie in the morning, which actually since moving in, I've been doing it every day. So I'll usually do a smoothie with that milk just because it has a little bit higher protein. Um, and I've been trying to kind of cut a little bit. So I've been trying to eat higher quantities of protein just to kind of be fuller for longer periods of the time yep. um, i've been doing that with a bunch of frozen fruit and then i'll throw some granola in it so that's kind of breakfast uh, and then i'll also have just a standard like pb and j with uh some cinnamon raisin bread and then i'll have like more fruit too so i'll have like, a couple oranges in the morning um i've actually been fasting it depends on your view and perspective on fasting but um i usually start work about 7 30 in the morning and I don't eat typically until around like 12:30 or one. Um, mm -hmm. I'll have coffee and I'll have water, but other than that, I kind of have my first meal usually around one o'clock, um, which was the one I just described. Mm -hmm. Then I'll usually have either I'll probably have a little bit more fruit, whether that be like an apple or uh, like clementine, something like that. And then I'll usually train right around like 3:30 to four. Um, and then right after that, I've been doing, um, I'm sure you've probably had ripple milk before, but I've been doing ripple milk and chia seeds, like post-workout, um, just as kind of another thing, just to kind of keep me full for a little bit. And then I'll have one more meal around like seven, eight o'clock, like a big meal. That's probably something like rice, sauteed vegetables, um, tofu, some type of like mock meat, um, beans i i feel like i could i'm very boring in the sense that i could probably eat sauteed vegetables uh chickpeas and a rice uh, with adobo seasoning every day and be perfectly happy yeah you're pretty much describing me man like i can eat that every single <laughs> meal like i love it <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. funny so how many how much uh how much protein you you normally get a day yeah, right now I'd say I haven't been tra – I actually am definitely starting to track this week because I kind of want to be a little bit more um, strategic with how I'm cutting this. Uh -huh. I, I think I had told you through, like, uh, DMs, but my goal is to kind of get down to, like, 185 and see kind of how I bring – how I can progress there strength-wise. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how that goes, I'll start to kind of rebuild once fall, winter comes around of next year. Um, 
but I definitely wanted to kind of let my body recomp and sit at a lower body weight for a while just because I feel like I've been in pursuit of gaining weight for like the last two years so I kind of want to be where I'd I'd be at a lower body weight and uh, just maintain there for a little bit but on average I'd say I probably get somewhere between right now like 150 to 180 grams a day okay and I that's partially just because I'm priori- uh, prioritizing it, trying to actually make sure that I hit that. That's like yeah. the one number I, I'm concerned with right now. I know just from reducing my meals, I mean, my carbohydrates obviously aren't as high as they typically would be uh-huh. um, with fat. So um, protein's kind of been like the one marker that I've been using as of lately. Yep. How many um, grams of protein per day would you recommend for like your average person who's in the fitness? Yeah, I think the it's it's tough because I feel like some people, I mean everyone's obviously different. Um I've for me what's worked the best and I mean there's there there's small things that um like for me I know if I don't hit at least 140 grams, uh might sound a little weird but I feel like I definitely have some issues like with stool. Like I don't my stool's not as firm as if uh if I don't hit that number which is like super random but yeah. For me, that's the one thing that I'm like, that's, and I think in terms of like recovery, I notice I'm sore for like longer periods of time if I'm not hitting that 140 gram, which seems super specific, but uh, the long and short of it is I basically experimented with eating like as little as like 75 grams a day and as much as like 250 grams a day to try to find like, what that balance is between what I should eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I have a set number, but I think for the average person, especially for someone who's not like super active or someone that, um, you know, works a nine to five job and likes to go do your standard things like bike rides on the weekend, going for walks, maybe occasional jogs. Um, I would, I think the whole premise of going by like pound of lean body mass is a good, uh, standard to go by or even, um, even if going by like half of your body weight, I think is more than what the average person needs. Like, I think those are the two that when people ask me, especially, like I said, people that aren't like super active, I'll usually just say half of your, someone weighs 200 pounds. Um, grams is like more than enough to kind of supply your body with what it needs. So. Yeah. I think, um, they, the recommendation for protein is something like 0.3 grams per pound of body weight or something like it's like super low. Or exactly. It's like, it's like specifically the number 56 grams for men pops out to me, which is like yeah. ridiculously low. Yeah. And um, that's just like for your average person who like wants to be like healthy. But mm-hmm. um, I always like, I actually wrote a whole article on like protein intake for like athletes and uh, bodybuilders and stuff. And um, I'm like pretty convinced that 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, not lean body mass, or up to one gram per pound of uh, body weight is like great for people who want to build the most muscle possible. And mm-hmm. um, that's, that's what I personally do. I try to just shoot in that range, but like, like, like you, like if someone's just trying to stay fit and um, active and stuff, and like, I would probably recommend like, yeah, like 0.6 maybe like, yeah, really, that's really not hard to get. Like, even if you're eating vegan, it's really, you just eat whole foods and you're probably there. <laughs> Yeah. And I was going to say, I think the thing is too, like part of the reason why I usually just tell people like cut your body weight in half is because like, obviously I think it's different if you're dealing with someone that's like 500 pounds, you know, yeah, or yeah. 
Um, but like the average guy that, I mean, the average guy probably weighs like 160 pounds or 150 pounds, something like that. So I think people are already so preconditioned to think that they need protein and that like that it's this magical macronutrient and it, in all reality, it's really not. It's no yeah. different than any other nutrient, but I think that they're so um, apt to think that they need like this surplus of protein. When I say like half, it just kind of makes them, it seems a little bit more realistic because if I was to tell someone probably eats like 200 grams of protein that they should, um, only eat 56 and they're gonna be like, Oh no, like I need more. So, yeah. Uh, but I definitely agree with you. I think that like the whole, the whole argument on protein is one that like, whenever people bring it up to me, it's, it's almost like a joke at this point. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely like, it's, it, it, I like like having the conversation, but at the same time, it's like, I have to try to remind myself to not smile and laugh because at this <laughs> point it seems like so ridiculous. I think people think it's too important when like, yeah, it's important, but like if you're getting enough calories, you're probably getting enough protein. Unless exactly. you're trying to build like the most muscle you possibly can. Yeah. Then maybe you want to optimize it. But like, what is yeah. that? Like maybe one, like a half a percent of the population. Yeah. Like no one's ever died of protein deficiency. There's malnutrition, but there's no such thing as protein deficiency. So yeah, like exactly. when I hear, like I said, when I hear people say that, I'm just like, oh man, let's, let's dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing I'm really curious about and like one thing that I think about actually pretty often as like someone who's really into lifting is, uh, what I would do if I had, could go back in time and just reset like my whole, like, you know, training, uh, history and nutrition history. So like, what, what would you tell somebody who's just getting started with lifting and nutrition? Like how, what would you tell them? Like, what's, what's your guideline for them? You know? Yeah. Um, in terms of training, I would absolutely say to focus on strength first um i think a lot of people when they start off like especially now kids that are like in high school and college like the youtube fitness industry is so prevalent and they see like these massive guys who some of them <laughs> are yeah, yeah. natural who are promoting like their supplements and their workout programs and all these things that are coming off as something that could be like attainable for like a 17, 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Mm -hmm. And it's honest, it, it's just not in some respect. But um, so like, for me, I would say focusing on strength is definitely key. Um, like I made the most results, I got the most results um, training for strength in my 20s. So like, if I could go back and tell a 16 year old or 17 year old me, when I first went in the weight room to stop like doing a hundred sets of bicep curls and tricep yeah. extensions, the, learn the form on how to squat bench and deadlift correctly. That would definitely be my, uh, my number one recommendation. Um, Is there and a then, program that you would recommend? Uh, yeah. I, I don't think anyone can go wrong starting off with like a five, three, one, or like I said, that August seven, five, three, I think those are very, you can make, especially someone that isn't used to, um, prioritizing like the big three squat bench and deadlift you just following that program getting the and that frequency isn't high I think you're doing each twice a week uh, if I recall but um, you'll make like great um, strength gains and obviously if you're making strength gains especially when your body's still growing you're going to make um, gains to your physique as well so 
Yeah. I think five three one is great. Um, I mean, obviously, if you have someone that can help coach you, that would be great. But most high school and college students, I don't think, are uh, who aren't in search of that or looking for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what about in terms of nutrition, what would you say? Sorry, I didn't quite hear. What was that? What about in terms of nutrition? Oh, yeah. And nutrition, uh, don't worry so much about protein. Kind of like what we just yeah. talked about. Um, I would definitely say eating a surplus. I mean, I, I would love to recommend being vegan to obviously everyone. If I could tell, if I could tell the 16 year old me what I know now, I 100% would. Mm-hmm. But I think um when I was 16 it's a lot different than what 16 year olds now are also kind of going through mm-hmm. and the uh, knowledge and information that they have accessible to them with everything from like YouTube to Netflix documentaries to all the information online like when I was 16 I didn't really have influencers telling me that you could be vegan and gain muscle so I think my recommendation would definitely be to kind of follow a, a, a plant-based diet and to eat in a surplus of calories. First of all, learn what a surplus of calories is and then <laughs> yeah. eat plus. Um, but obviously being plant-based and being vegan would definitely take precedence over anything else. So That's a great point, man, about uh, there just being way more information available to like younger people now. Because mm-hmm. um, when I first started lifting was probably 10 years ago. and um, uh, yeah, there was no good info, man. Like bodybuilding.com was the best info. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was like the forums and it was like all, everybody was doing um, body part splits and stuff like you said. And like, yeah. like just like you, like you just, I didn't get the best results with it at all. I don't think most people would. But mm-hmm. um, now they all, everybody knows about doing squats and deadlifts and bench press. And like, that's great. But um <laughs> Like, yeah, I would definitely just say, like, start with that. Like, don't start the way we did. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard, too, because once you start, and, like, for us, like I know you said, I think you put on, like, a similar amount of weight, like 10 to 12 or 10 to 15 pounds. When you first started with bodybuilding, like, you get sucked down that rabbit hole because you, you get that, you get those initial newbie gains, and then you're like, oh, this is working. But then, you know, you hit, like, a year, yeah. year and a half years you're still following the same splits and you're not getting any results and you're so used to hitting chest back arms shoulders legs that you don't really want to switch so I think starting out with more of a strength background definitely kind of sets you up for a better um, path in terms of strength and physique uh, especially when you start like super young so yeah that's good info I totally agree with you there so um, this is uh, it's getting to be like about an hour or so now so uh do you want to um, just I'm trying to keep these like a little bit shorter overall? So, like, do you think there's anything we should like touch on before we uh, start wrapping it up? Or um, yeah, no, I think I mean, I think we I mean I think we touched on. It. I just have your questions pulled up. I think we pretty much touched on mostly everything. Uh, there's a couple things we didn't really like get to talk about too much, but I feel like if we open up that can of worms, it's going to be like another hour discussion. <laughs> Honestly, all these questions you can kind of go into so much detail on. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I know whatever you, in terms of like like layout and however you want to lay it out, it's fully up to you. So, okay, cool. uh, Definitely good with what we have as long as you're good with what we have. Yeah, I think so. So, (laughs) I know I said we could always do it again if you ever want to. Dude, I was just going to say, like, you know, just because I feel like people don't want to listen to like, 
you know, like with these video chats that are like hours long. I mean, breaking them up into a few 45 minute or like an hour one. Yeah. Just me. <laughs> yeah, it's cool with me so, too. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on uh, like social media and stuff? Yeah, so I uh, just right at Plant Based Pumps right on Instagram. Um, that's pretty much all I have. I have a personal, <laughs> but I don't think anyone wants to see that. So yeah, just uh, just Plant Based Pumps uh, on Instagram. So okay, cool, dude. And you like genuinely have great info, and like you know what you're talking about with programming. And I feel like a lot of people don't, especially uh, a lot of people who like are like online coaches and stuff. So people should follow you because you got great info and um, yeah, man, it was good talking to you and uh, let's definitely, let's definitely do it again. We'll talk about like, uh, I don't know, PEDs or something next time. We'll heat it. <laughs> yeah. oh, we can definitely go down that one. And likewise, man, I, uh, I was good. I told you on DM, but I was, you definitely got me inspired to kind of get creative with some recipes. So uh, <laughs> we broke out the, the hot for food cookbook and we had to make something the other night, but yeah yeah no, great content as well so definitely it's awesome that like i said earlier you were one of the, i think you were one of the first people to follow me and i think we, we've probably been following each other for a couple of years at this point so yeah it's cool to connect and uh have a have a nice conversation so yeah for sure man and like I'm, neither of us are big on social media at all but hey we're doing our thing <laughs> yeah Hey, it's all you can do is spread awareness in any way possible and you know even if it reaches out to one person it makes one person uh, think a different way or just help one person out in terms of like nutrition or programming, you know, you're making a difference and then you never late from that person's life. So, yeah. All right, dude. Good talking to you. And, um, I'll catch you on a uh, Instagram or something and I'll post this in a couple of days. All right. Sounds All good, right, man. Cool, dude. Thank All you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Take it easy, dude.